Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Media Network's Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. And, uh, you know, it's just an absolute honor to have you on the program again for all the things. And, you know, just kind of just last week, we learned a little bit more about what you're dealing with with the coronavirus. But we have a tremendous guest that's doing some tremendous work and looking forward to talk and keep it positive to hear her story and everything. So how are you, Dr. Hall? Oh, doing great, doing great. And um, again, just staying safe and doing all the right things in the registry room during this uh, very difficult season. Uh, and uh, but very, very excited about our, our guest today. Uh, very inspiring figure. All right. Okay, so let's introduce our guest. Well, no problem. We know it's my pleasure uh, to introduce one of the uh, stars on the Bravo hit TV show, Married to Medicine Los Angeles, uh, Miss Leah Diaz, an entrepreneur, uh, uh, a lady who's married to a doctor um, who is a wonderful and exciting actress, and I'm so excited she's on the show today. Welcome to the show, uh, Miss Diaz. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Hall's fantastic at those introductions. But how are you surviving the pandemic? Especially, you know, probably ever, all of us always were out and about seeing people all the time. And kind of our lives changed so much six months ago. It's amazing to think about six months ago or five. I think it's six now. But yeah. I know. It, it, yeah, we're going on six months for sure. You know what? I'm actually thriving in the pandemic. I mean... I'm just trying to stay positive. I'm trying to work out every day. I'm trying to spend a lot of time with my kids and make sure that they're happy and healthy and running these businesses from home now. Um, but it's been good. I can't complain. I did. I do have a lot of concern for my husband because he's in hospitals every day. Oh my, yeah. um, but just really, that's, that's really my biggest thing because I'm just so worried about him being you know, safe and healthy because um, we do have small kids at home. But other than that, we're doing well. Okay. Well, see, Dr. Hall, the, you guys really would connect uh, with her husband being both physicians, Dr. Hall. You know what? That's very, very true. Um, and so I know that um, Leah understands uh, medicine and the life of doctors very well. Um, but, you know, the thing about her story um, is something that's also very, very exciting uh, so far as how she has inspired other women and how she has inspired people to uh, go into their dreams to be entrepreneurs. So tell us a little about that, Leah. Tell us kind of what could you start out in and how did you end up uh, in the, the beauty business and also in the, uh, the number of business that you run? Tell us about that. Right. Yes. Yeah, so it's really, it's an interesting story. Um, my background, my degrees are in social work. I was working for um, the child welfare system here in Los Angeles and it's a very, taxing job and one day I just looked up and I realized I wasn't good at the job anymore part of it was because I was so burnt out I wasn't serving my clients well and I said what can I do to make myself happy and make other people happy and I thought of what I did in my spare time and it was it was all things that had to do with hair and beauty so I decided to take a leap of faith I walked away from my regular nine to five I don't know if you could call social work that kind of social work a nine to five but my traditional employment and I decided to be an entrepreneur, and thank God it just worked out for me. I had to be very creative in the beginning because I didn't know a lot about um, running a business, 
but I knew how to connect with people. I knew how to um, provide good customer service because I knew what that looked like for me when I went into stores. And I really just became the stores that I would want to shop at. And they, they, they blew up overnight. If that makes any sense. It just, it went crazy. And so now we have three locations. We're opening up a new one in Dallas um, next month. And then we're on target to open up another one in Atlanta by the end of the year. Holy cow. So it's just, uh, did you, I've talked to some really, uh, successful entrepreneurs this week. It's like a theme of entrepreneurs, uh, of Kevin Harrington spoke to Kathy Ireland this week and now speaking to you and understanding there's a lot of failure before success as an entrepreneur. Kind of explain that. Well, I think that my success, uh, my failures weren't, weren't really public. They were more private. It was me not feeling confident and, and me kind of questioning like the success of the company because obviously with the business that I'm in and retail beauty supplies, um, there's a lot of customers in the area that our stores are. So it really was a no brainer to open them. But I think that the biggest failures that I had is that I just didn't trust myself and I was so nervous to, to be successful. I mean, who, who imagines that they're going to open up a store and they, you know, a turn of profit the first couple of months. So a lot of things that I went through were very internal. Me just having to be more self-assured and be more confident and make the decisions that needed to be made to grow the business. And it took a lot of personal work to kind of catch up to the success of the stores. And that's the thing that we do is when we just start out in any type of business, it's just us. And then we develop and grow. And through that growth process, even though it's silent, it becomes deadly. It becomes a challenge. And I'm seeing it firsthand from my business of myself and times I've expanded to now finally taking that leap of faith that I'm going to expand. And I know I'm not going to at first be as successful till I learn and understand these things. And that's what entrepreneurs do and guide themselves in so many ways. And that's great, great advice to share to other people that, Hey, you know, you keep these things quiet, but you don't know the inner workings of the challenges that you went through to get where you are today. Okay. Dr. Hall, next question. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Awesome. It's very exciting. Yeah. What you're saying. So yeah. You know, what I want to ask you, um, is uh, Leah? What I want to ask you is, uh, tell me a little bit about where you went to school, and uh, mm-hmm. as far as college, and how important was that in preparing you for uh, what you're doing now? Yes. Yeah, so, I went to Vanguard University, which is a private Christian school here in Orange County, in California, where I where we live now. And the best thing about school, because I did go to school for social work, and I'm not really using the um, the degree in the in a sense that I'm not doing social work, but the best thing that school stop, uh, taught me was when you start something, you finish it, and um, you have to complete a task. And even when things are difficult, when you're in finals week and you got six exams and you got papers due, you have to complete tasks. So I think that the all of the seeds that were planted in college, as far as you know, selecting your classes at the beginning to finishing them at the end of the semester those tools that I learned navigating that was the best thing that I could have ever gotten from college. So the degree is great, right? It's great to have it, but the process of learning how to, to go through adversity is that was the value in it. So, so true. Wow. And that's yeah. that seeing yeah. that, and that's the thing that we miss sometimes 
uh, it's uh, the importance of an education is not always the knowledge we gain, but the work ethic we develop, the ability to Absolutely. understand how to develop order and structure in our lives. The successful people don't fly by the seat of their pants. It's not, it, 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 some of them can be, but it's very few and far between when you look at entrepreneurs, you got to be able to really be detail oriented in certain things or have other people that are detailed oriented in your life. So it's and more be consistent and, cons and diligent, all of those things. Absolutely. And so you learn that in college. You learn that in your first, you learn that when you move up the ladder in a job or, or different situation, you learn those, that process. Okay, Dr. Hall, next question. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, that's exactly the point I was getting across that pretty much those, those, those basic skills of, of actually management, discipline, being on time are very important uh, to success in life. And, and so, yeah, very, very interesting. Well, you know, um, Leah, um, I'm actually a, a California native myself. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Really? I go to California. Yes, I did. And I'm familiar with uh, one of the stores that you started there. I believe it was in Compton, California, a place that I actually lived for a little while as a child. Uh, one of the is it one of the girl the girl cave uh, stores. Yeah, the girl cave locations. Yeah. yeah. So the girl Tell cave LA is the Girl Cave LA is the chain of beauty supply stores. So we have the one location in Compton that you're familiar with. We have another location in Inglewood, and we have another location in South LA. And so that's like the beauty arm of what I do. And those are the stores I were telling you that we're going to be expanding. And then my husband and I run a bar and grill that's actually unfortunately closed right now because of the pandemic. But we're in the restaurant business, and we own that bar and grill. And then we also have a juice bar. So there's a restaurant piece of what we do every day. And um, yeah, it's just, it's exciting because I get to do things that I love and the, the Girl Cave LA is my baby, but it's really a family business. My daughter helps with the payroll and she helps with the inventory and I'm able to teach her a lot of skills that I'm learning um, because I'm still learning as a business owner. So yeah, you walk in the stores and you see like all these great, amazing things. You see all these fun hair products and makeup and pink walls and vanities, but it's really a lot of work that goes behind running those stores and keeping everything in order so i'm happy you know about who we are that's amazing <laughs> that's great yeah. yes 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 i mean uh, it's uh it's uh it's very very exciting so absolutely and so in the process do you look to you said moving up now opening up other stores in other areas not just california that's got to be a stressor, right? Because you can at least visit a lot of the stores very easily in California. But when you're talking about out of state, that's going to be a challenge, right? A different type of uh, management. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I changed the model of the stores. We actually, we turned into a franchise earlier this year. Oh, and so great. those locations, yes, that are going to be opening out of state are independently owned and operated. And so they are Girl Cave LA's, but they are franchised. So I don't have to be so concerned about the day-to-day -day operations. I'm more of a support to the owners. So when are you going to be on Undercover Boss? That's what we're waiting on, right? I know, exactly. Hey, well, I'm almost six feet tall, so I don't know if I could get away with Undercover Boss. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite shows to look at how uh, operations of a whole company run. I like it a lot. I really enjoy that. I love I love the programming business that I really don't get a chance to watch lately, but I mean of the of just watching those shows and the ability that just really show people what it takes to run a business from beginning to end. Like your board meetings got to be crazy, right? With all the different things you have to yeah. discuss as as the CEO, yeah. what 
how do you delegate that stuff? So that's a good question I wanted to ask you. As a CEO, how do you delegate the tasks and who runs certain things for your company? Well, you know, we do a lot of vetting for our leadership team, but I think for me it's just kind of delegating the things that I'm not great at. Even though I'm the CEO and I would love to have my hands in everything, there's just certain things that I'm not great at. And so I make sure that we vet the right people. I make sure that they can definitely work under pressure. And before I throw somebody just out there, I make sure we do a lot of training. Our, our training process at the Girl KBLA is rigorous and not because we want to be hard on people. We just want to make sure that they are able to withstand when things get busy and when things get complicated at a location. So um, really just training and, and a lot of pushing people. It's, it's coaching. I feel like a coach sometimes. I really do. And that's the thing I am having a trouble with. And, and and I look back, I had a few times, Leah, where I've had employees and or not employees, subcontractors. And every time I've stopped because I said, I'm not making as much money. And I think at first, and you have to take the process that it's the same growth as when you grew your business from the beginning startups to the next thing, like your first store to them. Once you open that second store, that doesn't mean the profits are going to come out so quickly. It's going to be more of a management process and the and development. And then you see profits again. And, and sometimes people want it to happen overnight. And we make mistakes right. at times that we think we want to happen, happen overnight. And that's not the case. And so this is great stuff I'm gaining from you and all the entrepreneur thing. I, I could like, put together a seminar with the amazing people I've talked with uh, this week on my show that were entrepreneurs, a perfect timing before Labor Day. But I think it's also a great time to hear all these entrepreneurs success, Dr. Hall, because, you know, we're in a tough time right now. And to see entrepreneurs that are thriving in a, in a pandemic, they must be very good, Dr. Hall. Definitely. And uh, particularly, yeah, you said uh, this time where, you know, we're going through a whole lot, uh, certainly um, w- with the COVID and, again, people being out of work and, you know, just uh, it's difficult to, even our kids are uh, being educated in school now because of COVID. So now let me ask you this. Um, the Girl Cave Los Angeles, okay, we've got mm-hmm. a number of, uh, successful beauty supply stores, local night spots, and a real estate company, and then we're married to a, a doctor. I mean, how do you manage to be to do all that? A mother of three, <laughs> yeah, uh, and now I mean we're in season two of this married to medicine. Um, a successful actress, okay? Yeah. So, this is dynamic. Yeah, I would say that on the show, though, I'm, I'm less of an actress. I'm more of myself. So actually filming is actually easy for me because I really just show up and, and I am myself. So there's not a lot of prep work that goes into Married to Medicine because what you see on TV is exactly who I am in real life. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But really, it takes a lot. It takes a team effort. It takes a team effort. Right now is payroll day for all of our companies. My daughter finished school early. She's downstairs looking over payroll for me so I can get these checks out wow. and people can get their checks by 5 o'clock today. So I am making sure that my daughter, my husband, myself, even my dad, we all are involved um, to make sure that nothing kind of misses or gets, you know, slips through the cracks. And then it's delegating. We talked about it earlier, making sure the right people yeah. are in place 
So I don't, you know, I don't feel overwhelmed. And once you have those systems in place, it's easier to kind of manage it instead of being so hands-on and creating and, and redoing things that you, you know, it's just, it's a headache if you don't have systems in place. So you, that's what I've learned. You must have a very patient husband because being married to entrepreneurs <laughs> is not always the best thing. We're wired in a different way, aren't we? That seriously. And that, you know, yeah. and, and cause again, we know doctors are, they might have an entrepreneurial mindset in some aspects, but they have a different brain than an entrepreneur thinks at times, depending if they've decided yeah. to go there. So there has to be that you guys look at your background in life and say, you know what, even though we might be working on a weekend, we're working together as a family. Maybe we might be at working different hours where other people say, oh, I wish that was just downtime. You see this as any time could be family time, depending on what you're doing because of what you've had to go through in life to get to where you are today and the challenges you've gone through. So kind of share with people that understanding that, you know, living the normal life, you know, nine to five, you know, just just the kind of like storybook writing. It's not really what an entrepreneur does or even a doctor that those two areas of life are not the same as the nine to five guy. And you are definitely not a nine to five gal and your husband's definitely not a nine to five guy. So explain that. Yeah. So for me, so my husband is more calculated. He's more, um, he's more savvy when it comes to things that I'm trying to figure out. I'm like the big idea person. Like I see a property, I see a, a new location and I just think, very big picture. I keep a, a notepad on the side of my bed because sometimes in the middle of the night, my mind won't stop going and I'll wake up in the middle of the night with something going on in my mind. My husband, it drives him nuts. So really what it is, is we just work around each other. It really is. It's like my mind is wired differently. His mind is wired differently, but I try to think like him when it's time to do so. And I think he tries to think like me when it's time for me to be creative and do the things that are important and fun for me. So, uh, yeah, being married to a doctor, I'll be honest with you. The way my husband's schedule is set up, sometimes it's a little all over the place, too. So sometimes I feel like I'm running behind him. So it's a give and take. It's seasons for us. Sometimes he's working more. Sometimes I'm working more. Sometimes I have five coals in the fire. Sometimes he's, you know, more reserved. So it's really just supporting and balancing. It's a great partnership. And that's important. Yes, that's it is. very it is. important. It's an exchange. And when you don't have that yeah. partnership, it's 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 poisonous. It's dangerous because that's yeah. what. And people do change, but the thing is that partnership has to stay, regardless of what happens, because you have to believe in that other person. If you don't believe in that other person, Absolutely. it really becomes Absolutely. tough. All right, Doctor Hall, next question. No problem. So now on the show, Married to Medicine. You know, this is a brand. They've had Married to Medicine Atlanta. Um, and, and, and now, you know, we got married to medicine in Los Angeles, uh, Dr. Amani. And so this is your best friend. How did you guys become best friend? I know that she works with, uh, your husband. Is that correct? Yes. So Dr. Amani is the medical director at a hospital where my husband works. And, um, we just have, Dr. Amani is an entrepreneur too. She's a physician, but she's an author and she has a podcast and she manages her, her, um, speaking engagement. So she is a businesswoman. And I think that our bond is that we think very similarly. Um, she understands being a psychiatrist cause she is one. Mm -hmm. She understands what I go through sometimes being married to a psychiatrist. So our bond is very, um, it, it's real. It's, it's a great partnership to have. I can bounce 
things off of her and vice versa. If she has an idea or she's thinking of something, I'll get a text from her, hey, girl, and I know that means call her, you know? So it's, it's good. And then sometimes you have friends where you don't have to, you know, be on the phone with them all the time or, or you know, you know, be connected every day, but we always pick up where we left off if we get disconnected. So I think that that's a real value in the friendship. It's not a lot of work. We just get to be ourselves. Wow, that's just, uh, again, uh, it's definitely. And I want to get one question about the show. So to update people, so you've done two seasons of Married to Medicine Los Angeles. Explain us what's happening there. Yeah, so we just, um, season two recently stopped airing. I actually was a newbie for season two, so it was everyone else's season two, but it was my season one. Okay. Um, And so that was an interesting dynamic because these group of ladies had been friends together, and then I came in as Imani's friend and had to get to know everybody in my own way. So that was really interesting. So we don't have a date yet for season three. I'm sure it's coming soon. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, we're we're friends. We connect. I'm going to one of my uh, to Shanique's house this weekend. One of the ladies that's on the show with me. So we try to maintain our relationships even when we're not filming because we do. I mean, we are doctors, wives. We are doctors. We are in the same small circle here in Los Angeles. So that's what's going on with us. We're just waiting for season three to get started. See, that's great. And what would you say your favorite moment of wow. season two? Uh, favorite moment so far being on the show. Uh, let's see. Oh, definitely our trip. Even though it was not, we didn't go too far. We went to Palm Springs. Definitely our sophistication to Palm Springs was my favorite, uh, my favorite time on the show this past season. We got to not bring our husbands, not bring our kids, <laughs> not really be connected to business and really just be, you know, girlfriends and women first. So we went out drinking and partying. I'm like, I haven't had this much fun since college. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, especially as an entrepreneur, let your hair down as an entrepreneur. Exactly, and, and, I, and I don't have hair to let down, so I need, I need to. It's I think it'll be me getting back into the pro wrestling business because I was a former professional wrestler, and it's just something that's calling me. Cobra Kai is calling me more and more back to pro wrestling, not just behind the scenes. After watching that, I don't know if you've watched Cobra Kai yet. But you have to. It's just, it's, if, uh, oh my gosh. Just, uh, I just have to tell you. I've, I've been binging it and I'm almost done. And, and uh, YouTube letting it go, what a mistake they made. All right, Dr. Hall. So um, let's go with summarizing Leah. Well, no problem. My pleasure. Well, there you have it. Um, one of Los Angeles' uh, most successful uh, power couples, uh, Dr. Colin Diaz and Leah Diaz, a super entrepreneur. She is a symbol for a lot of young, beautiful uh, girls growing up there in California who one day would like to achieve what she's achieved. Mother, successful business, and now a successful TV uh, reality star. So I'm so excited um, that she came on the show today. Leah, thank you. Man, thank you for having me. This was good. I told you we have fun and then you're going to have to let your your partner in crime that has a podcast know I write for Podcast Magazine. So I'd love to feature her on my show as well. So we'll, I'll have to reach out to your publicist for that reason because uh, I write for Podcast Magazine and we're really trying to highlight all the great podcasts of celebrities. And I've had Tom Arnold, uh, uh, Isaac Bruce that we got to interview. So all those different things will definitely go there. But where can we connect with you? Where's the best place? Well, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot. So my stores are Girl Cave LA Beauty. 
You can find us on Instagram. And then my personal page is Leah B. Diet, my name, L-I-A-B-D-I-A-S on Instagram. Fabulous. You were awesome. And uh, I really am excited to catch up and watch the show now. It's time for to check it out. I had the original one stars from Married to Medicine years ago, and I, I didn't know about all where the brand's going, but it's uh, great that you're great success. Congratulations and best of luck and continued success as an entrepreneur. So thanks for calling. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. Perfect. All right. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. That was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, everybody. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Freedom from Addiction on Lipson and all the syndicated programs. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? You have a, uh, an idea, or not an idea, a research that you've found that is really exciting in a way so that people could not, might not get coronavirus. Tell us about that. It'll help curb it. All right, Neil. So um, I found an Indonesian hospital study, 700 cases that showed that if your vitamin D level was less than 20, 98% of you died with COVID. If it was, between 20 and 30, 87% died. But if your vitamin D level was greater than 30, only 4% died. So this is uh, tremendous in that you can take a vitamin that's over the counter that you can get at any pharmacy. And by getting your level up, if you do get Corona, your chance of dying drops off. But we're going to put it with two other um, supplemental vitamins that's going to reduce the chance of getting it to start off with. And uh, those are uh, zinc and vitamin C. So what what I want y'all to do is to check with your doctor if you have any comorbidities or if you're not an adult, but the safe dosages uh, for these three vitamins are uh, vitamin D3, take 10,000 international units per day. For zinc, take 50 milligrams per day. And for vitamin C, take 2,000 milligrams per day. If you'll do that while corona is out there in the population, it'll build your immune system so that your immune system will fight it off and you'll have a lot lower chance of picking up the disease. The um, Henry Ford Hospital showed a reduction of 51% of deaths if HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, was begun within 12 hours of hospital admission. And there are doctors in the country and states that are allowing them to prescribe what they want to that uh, if they prescribe HCQ, uh, azithromycin, and zinc, it will take care of the, um, the virus getting worse. And if you just take HCQ, it's a good prophylactic to keep you from getting it. So that's what I want to share with you today. Two different things that you can think about with respect to this uh, this uh, virus that's uh, 
all over the country. And um, if you would yeah, get, absolutely, that, that's that's a great news one. So if you go over to my podcast and and tell all your friends and relatives to go over to my podcast, you'll hear this in better detail, um, and you can uh, get the uh, the details. The podcast is www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com, spelling Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N, with no spaces, no capitalizations. It will take you right to the programs. And uh, I think that you need to get this to as many people as possible so that they will have a better chance of not getting it, or if they do get the disease, of not dying from it. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Velarde Show, and I'm excited to welcome the program. Mike Velarde. Mike, how are you? This series of conversations since the election has ended, the primary ended, we're not done. It's not finished, and I hope to goodness it's not because of just how certain people's campaigns have been run so unbelievably well in certain ways. And uh, we have our other guests on the line as well, but introduce our two guests, Mike. Yes. Okay. Well, Reba, 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 Reba's here. She ran in the race also, and so did Mike early on. And Reba is uh, going to talk about, of course, what's happening the latest on Lower Loomer. And Michael, uh, when he when he when he when he stabilizes himself, is also going to tell us about Laura because he was uh, he was competing against her early on uh, in the uh, in the primary. All right. So let's kind of go right, Reba. What is your issue with Miss Laura Loomer? Well, I tried, uh, as did all the other uh, candidates in District 21, to expose her shenanigans 
There was a lot of corruption, a lot of mafia-style tactics that were engaged in by the Loomer campaign. And um, I revealed that information to the Palm Beach Post. They refused to report it to the voters. And so I filed an official complaint before the primary election with the Florida Elections Commission, followed by uh, some documents with the federal court. And uh, I'll be filing some with the state court as well. And I also petitioned the uh, supervisor of elections, Wendy Sartori Link, to have a recount uh, and to be able to examine the ballots that were cast. Because I, I know there's no way that she legitimately won that race. Um, she was not popular, is not popular in the district. Many of the other candidates, there were six total in the district, and uh, other candidates had a lot of support. She, um, we know that she was paying people off uh, to support her, to endorse her. Um, there was corruption at the REC here in Palm Beach County. So there's a lot of things that, that went awry uh, there's just a lot of corruption in South Florida, and we need to expose it and shut it down. See, here's my point in all this is the CBS poll that came out. And Mike, I'm going to go back to this that was they said was a count. And this is what was just in a couple days before kind of really confused people because Laura was not polling well at all. And it was, so Mike kind of go into that, what you found out and how that was kind of like a smoke and mirrors thing that really helped Laura in certain ways as well. Well, it did because, because it had me, me and Reba first and second, I think, or me and, you know, we were, we were, we were up at the top and, and all of a sudden everything got turned around a couple of days later. So um, I didn't hear anything from CBS about it. I know that Laura had sent her lawyers over there and threatened to sue them over, over the results. And I don't know what effect that might've had. Interesting. Money, money, money always in certain ways. So Michael, so I wanted to jump to Michael. Why, again, you you left the race early, but you have some stories about start, stories um, about Laura Loomer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the main, the main thing for me is the, the corruption in South Florida, uh, as Reba had mentioned. I mean, you know, you look back at the district and redistricting and what has transpired. Um, you know, you look at Brian Mass, for example. I've been saying for two years how corrupt Brian Mast is. And then he's talking about, uh, you know, his campaign director or his chief of staff having sex with 15-year-olds uh, over in Africa. I mean, this is what we're dealing with in South Florida. We have rhinos, which are uh, Republicans in name only. Uh, I serve the United States Army. I was a non-commissioned officer. I have a very high accolades and background. I've done amazing things in my life and, and I was completely shut out. Um, it is a money uh, factor, unfortunately. But when it comes to Laura Loomer, um, really what it, it comes down to is that she isn't favorable. Um, a lot of people don't like Laura Loomer. I mean, I've been around her several times. She's very aloof, she's by herself, and we need patriots in Congress who are gonna fight for constitutional values. And I've done that. I've, I've served the community my entire life I mean, I have a long list of things that I've been able to accomplish. I'm going to run again in 2022. But at the end of the day, when the, the GOP is going out and Michael Barnett had a quote after Laura Loomer won in, in the Palm Beach Post and, or National Wire, and it basically said, oh, I knew Laura Loomer was going to win a lot all along. I mean, we, have, we, had, we had seven candidates in at one point 
And the reason why I didn't qualify is I didn't see the point because the, the, the cards are stacked against you. You really have to put a substantial amount of money into the race to win. And that's what I'm going to do for 2022 is I'm going to try to eliminate some of the sidebars and some of the things that are going on to put me into a competitive advantage to actually win the seat. Because based on my background and qualifications and who I am as an individual and what I'm going to be fighting for, you're going to have Democrats and independents who want to vote for someone like myself. Laura Loomer, she has she has 0% chance to win. I don't, you know, the mainstream media, you see them trying to spin, oh, Laura Loomer, she's backed by Roger Stone. She has 0% chance to win. Uh, Nancy, excuse me, not Nancy Pelosi, um, Lois Frankel got 75,000 votes. There's no way that Laura Loomer is going to turn 600,000%, excuse me, 600% of votes in her favor. No one's going no. to vote for her. These Democrats are hard chargers who are going to only support someone who has an ideology in line with them. Now, there are some Democrats and independents who don't agree with the politics of Lois Frankel, and rightfully so. She has no business being in office. She is just as corrupt as Brian Mass and everyone else in Congress who just takes kickbacks and handouts. I want to fight for the American people. And in order to do that, we need a Republican who wins the primary, who's actually going to put into a position where they can take some of those votes from longstanding uh, Republic, uh, excuse me, Democrats like Lois Frankel. So right now, Lois Frankel, she's laughing because she knows she's going to win. Um, Laura Loomer doesn't have a chance. There's no chance. She has 0%, like I was saying, to actually win the seat. And then another thing that's really upsetting when you talk about the local GOP and Palm Beach County GOP is they're, they're worshiping Brian Mass. And you see when these allegations come out and who the true person he really is. And you have the same people that were supporting Jeffrey Epstein and, and Epstein Island, all these things that were going on Palm Beach Island. That's the same money that's going to Brian Mass. And these are the same people that are backing Brian Mass. And then, oh, guess what? These same people are backing Laura Loomer. And, and guess what? Here goes another interesting twist to all this. And I'm so glad that we can talk about this. Thank you, Neil, for having me on the show. Um, I have a nas uh, national show right now, Veteran Nation with the Sergeant and the Skipper. I'm still serving the community and I'm going to run again, as I said, in 2022. But Christian Acosta, he was someone, it was really me against Christian Acosta that was the main front runners for the seat. And then that's when Laura Loomer got in because they knew that Christian Acosta couldn't beat me in the race. Um, and Mike Velarde and I, we've had communication throughout the entire time. I was communicating with Reba throughout the race as well. And what happened was, is Christian Acosta, he's in the same bucket with Laura Loomer. And as soon as uh, Laura Loomer wins the so-called election, as Reba was alluding to, whether it was fair or not, or whatever was going on, if it was the fix was in or whatever. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I don't have privy to that information. But if that did happen, and then Christian Acosta comes out and his quote was just, you know, atrocious. Well, I hope that she appeals to the moderates. And then he comes out a few days later at Trump 45 and said, he's working on her campaign. That oh, is no. disgusting. That is he wasn't there. He did not say that. She lied. Hey. Now, I spoke to him myself. He never said that he would support her. He is adamantly against her having this position. Yeah, yeah this is the that kind is of misinformation. Yeah. But it's the kind of misinformation that comes out there, Neil, is that what, what I'm alluding to, though. It's like, you know, you don't know who these people are and who they're really trying to support. And at the end of the day, they have liberal tendencies. They are, they're Democrats in disguise, and that's what we have to stop in South Florida. Well, no. Laura Luber is an infiltrator, and this election was selected, not elected. Selected, 
not elected. And the fix was in before the primary was ever held. And uh, there was agreements made two years in advance of the primary here in Palm Beach County. I have uh, affidavits from various people that have told me uh, that this is the kind of arrangement agreement that they had two years before this. So um, this kind of stuff just needs to stop. It needs to be exposed and it needs to stop. And we the people, and, um, and I just wanna share here for a moment, I have started a, another party and it is called We the People because the Republicans and the Democrat party are both corrupt as hell here in South Florida. And we need something different. We need to start from scratch and we need to keep things clean and we need to have accountability because uh, the GOP has not been monitoring these clubs in these different uh, counties around in South Florida and probably across the country. The REC in Palm Beach County is so corrupt uh, it would make you sick. Like it, it, they deliberately were working against candidates in District 21, and I was threatened by uh, Michael Barnett, the chairman of the REC. And uh, in a nutshell, one of the last things he ever said to me was, uh, "There's no way in hell you're winning this race." Okay. All right. So I'm going to just get to Mike now. It's it's Mike Mike Velarde's show. Mike's yeah. heard the points from Reba and and Michael. Now, I mean, my take, Mike, Mike, on this is that you've seen this, you've run the whole campaign. If somehow you yeah, have no. the nomination, if not, you're not running again, Mike, are you? You're, you're, you're cutting in and out. Mike, you're, you're, you're not running again, Mike, are you? Velarde, if, if, it, if, if, uh, if Laura wins the seat. Say that again. Are, you're I mean, not running again, Mike, are you? I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, I won't run again unless I have money. I mean, unless I have backing. Without money, like Mike said, you, it's, it it's almost It doesn't matter, though, if you have money. I had more money than all other five candidates combined six weeks before the primary. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you spend. What matters is, are you willing to play their nasty, corrupt, fraudulent games? And I and, and the other candidates, uh, the other five of us, we're not willing to play their games. I know the REC approached other candidates that I was running against and they wanted them to bring forth uh, money. And the only one willing to buy the election was Laura Loomer. Yeah, and, and, and I think especially when we saw there was a, there was a tremendous bias towards Laura Loomer. Uh, Reba and I went to a, uh, a Trump 45 meeting and when Reba came out, Laura had her van parked right there in the fire hydrant area and Reba couldn't get her a ride. And instead of Laura moving the van for Reba, they tell Reba that uh, the hotel said they could park there. And she had to take her wheelchair and go a quarter mile away to, to get her ride. And I took pictures of it, put it on Facebook, and then uh, one of the guys running from 45 got so pissed off that he banned me from going to the meeting. Well, I mean, Trump 40, uh, well, here goes another thing, Neil and Mike. You know, at Trump 45, they had guests who were coming in and they're saying, okay, no candidate can speak. But we endorse Laura Loomer. I mean, it was just a complete, I mean, you talk about the people that run Palm Beach County, they're at the Rose Garden, they're at all the, it's just, it's not the representation of the people. And these people, honestly, it's just a dog and pony show. They just want to get their name out there. Laura Loomer has no intention of winning this seat. All she wants to do is get her name out there, be more of an instigator and agitator. And that's what they want. And, and this buys in to the philosophy that we're going 
going under right now, and that is where the 1% controls America. There is no we the people for the people, as Reba was again alluding to. That has gone out the window. I mean, nowadays, the election is bought. Everything's pre-planned out, and they're already working. Lois Frankel, it wouldn't surprise me if Michael Barnett and Lois Frankel are working together on this whole blueprint. Crazy. Well, yeah, I, I think they guaranteed a, a Lois Frankel victory in a big way by, by making Laura the Republican candidate. So, Reba, what's the next step? What's the next step in this lawsuit? Well, um, the steps I'm taking against Laura Loomer, we'll see. It, it may be a couple more weeks or more before I hear anything, and maybe it'll be after the general election. I don't know, but I have asked for, for remedy for them to remove her from the ballot. Um, and also, something else that has come to mind over the last few days for me, we need candidates, all candidates, to be drug tested before the general election. I know that President Trump brought this up about Biden. Uh, we know Laura Loomer, she does cocaine. I think these kinds of things should uh, prohibit someone from being on the ballot and serving the people. The people need to be aware of these things. Uh, she, she spoke about this publicly herself. Uh, it was reported in an interview where she turned to cocaine after she was banned from Twitter. Yeah, and she became suicidal, didn't she? Yes. She was she's mentally ill. She's on medication, psychotropic drugs. Uh, she suffers from depress depression, and also she has bipolar disorder. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, the, the thing about that, Neil, is you know, the thing about Laura Loomer is she has no background. She was kicked out of Barry University. She hasn't done anything. Uh, the only thing that I could come to terms with and think about is that. Uh, what Mike alluded to is that, first of all, they didn't want to win the seat, which we already know that. But the second thing is, if you put someone like Laura Loomer in there, that takes some of the distraction off of from the squad and puts it on to Laura Loomer. It just becomes – it makes Washington a circus. We already know that. And it's really not about Laura Loomer herself because she's just a pawn in the bigger game. But the sad part is, is that we actually had candidates who actually have some experience – who could have done a great job in Washington. And now we have to watch Lois Frankel injure and harm people for two more years. And that's what infuriates me. But it actually drives me harder for 2022 to go out here and prove the Larry Snowdens of the world and everyone else that, you know, they stack the deck and to show them, yes, it's important to have the money, but also the people, that's where you get the backing. I mean, you could have 500,000, you could have $5. You really have to have the people behind you but it is very difficult when you go out and you're door knocking and you have smear campaigns going within your own party. Um, it's very, uh, it's very disheartening, honestly, to see that um, because I don't need fame. You know, a lot of things that are coming along with running for Congress, you know, you know, when I got out, I, I deleted my verified Twitter account. I could care less about fame. I've already done things in my life that are extraordinary, but these people that are running for Congress are very power hungry and this is what Laura Loomer, I described. I didn't say everybody. I said the people that are pre-selected into these positions, that's what they're going for. They're going for the name net recognition and these side alley deals that are occurring. I don't give a damn if people love me or hate me. I'm working for the people and to bring things back into our hands. I'm not out for fame. I was totally anonymous until I was convicted. I had to run for office to help straighten out this mess. 
and I will continue to fight. I'm not willing to wait until 2022. That's why I'm taking these steps legally. Uh, and we need to educate the public. And, uh, and if we need to, we can recall people. You know, we expose the corruption and we recall. And uh, I'm not willing to wait around for two years. And frankly, we don't have two years to wait. Russo Rebo, if, you, if, you, if somehow you don't win the lawsuit, and are you going to run in 2022? Well, I've, I've already put in my name for the uh, U.S. Senate. I'm running for the Senate seat. That's been my plan all along since last year. After the congressional race, I would start running my Senate race. And I will continue to expose the fraud and corruption of Laura Loomer and anyone else that crosses my path. You know, I, I'm exposing Marco Rubio, and we've got problems with Brian Mass and a long list of other people. We have problems from Fast and Furious that have never been addressed. We have problems at Fort Hood. You know, I, I'm going to continue to hammer away at these issues. I'll be going to D.C. at the end of this year, and I will be working on pushing forth uh, bills and getting sponsors for those bills that I already had planned to submit, um, you know, with, as a congressperson. But now if, if I don't serve in that capacity, I'm still going to keep fighting. I'm still going to work for the people. Well, here, and here goes another thing, Neil, that we need to look at is uh, the qualification in Florida is outright ridiculous. It's $10,440 to get on the ballot. I had got a thousand uh, way before the, the qualification. I got a thousand signatures submitted and I got credit for like 480. Um, you need like 10,000 signatures or $10,440. Most of the candidates actually, you know, paid out of pocket. I know some have to get on the ballot. I wasn't willing to do that because I knew the cards were stacked against me. But this is something that we need to address in South Florida. I worked in a bipartisan issue, and Mike Villardi was actually a part of it before the qualification, especially with COVID, because the last six weeks, weeks of my campaign, I was basically taken out from fundraising because you weren't allowed to have any events or you know meet people face-to-face. -face. And that's another thing that really drastically impacted us. But here in Florida, those prohibitors are actually taking – the people that are the everyday working class people, blue collar, white collar, and not allowing them to get on the ballot. And it's only allowing the rich and the predetermined like a Laura Loomer to get on the ballot. And that's a major problem as we move forward. And that's something that we need to address because some states like Connecticut or New Hampshire, it's like 25 or $50 to get on the ballot. It's absolutely ridiculous. Wow. Okay. So let's go, Mike, before we close, close out and then we'll find out information on Michael and Reba at the end, but Michael, anything to add to this? Mike, Valar, well, let's, let's, let, I mean, I, I actually, I think it's, it's sad what's going to happen with Laura because I think she's going to take such a hard defeat that it's, it could break her psyche. I mean, she's not mentally stable. I mean, this is a poor girl who was, you know, suicidal just two years ago, is on meds, as Reba said. And I, I, I think they built her up into something she's not, to a superwoman, and she's going to find out that she's going she's gonna to lose horrible and i think that could break her mentally i think it's terrible her handlers i think did her a great disservice by putting her into this race she's not ready she's not ready she's not ready for it she's not ready for the media attention she's going to get she's not ready for the job even if she were to get it and she's not ready for the the attack she's going to get hit by by lois frank was a million dollars in the bank okay so let's get find out information first we'll go back to mike velardi books.com and also uh yeah, my books and winning as well all right reba best place we can find info on you 
my website for my congressional race, which is rebaforcongress.com. I also have a website, wethepeoplestandunited.org. And um, I have new websites that'll be on the way for my Senate race and also for the new party, We The People. And you can also tune in to my radio show that is uh, aired from DC, Monday through Friday, from 12 until 2 p.m. That begins on Monday, Labor Day. And I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday this weekend. All right, information on you, Michael. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sergeant Bloomling SGT, my last name, B-L-U-E-M-L-I-N-G. Uh, you can also find me on NRN Plus. My show is uh, Veteran Nation with the Sergeant and the Skipper. It's on live every Thursday from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's all veteran-centric and trying to promote our veterans and our veteran communities and business owners who are helping our veterans. Um, also, you can connect with me on Facebook. Um, at the end of the day, we need to grow the, our, our influence and our sphere uh, really get behind grassroots candidates and please support my campaign. You can reach out to me directly at mbloomlingjr at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or any ways that we could work together. Um, and the ball isn't going to stop rolling and we got to continue to fight. And as Mike Bellardi said, I actually do feel really bad for Laura Loomer because I feel like they built her up to this platform that she can't, uh, you know, she can't live up to. And it is a dangerous, uh, you know, running for politics is not easy you know, they came out and said I wasn't a veteran and I'm highly decorated. I made sergeant in three years. So some of the things that come out against you, especially by the REC and the local uh, Republican Party is really vicious. And I think that what she's going to have from uh, Lois Frankel could really be harmful to her. Um, and so, you know, actually, I pray for Laura Loomer because she can't she's not the type of person that has that kind of longevity to really stand up to something like that. So I, I, I hope the best for her. But she has no place in Congress, 0% chance to win, like I mentioned early. So uh, thank you, Neil, for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Mike. That's it for today. The phones are ringing off the hook about new news. Yeah, literally. Exactly. News. So, exactly. I guys, appreciate it. Great Mike Velarde show again. Take care, guys, and thanks for stopping by. All right, great. Thanks, guys. Okay, all right, guys. That was the Mike Velarde show.